This is self-care and soul care for the caregiver, and I'm your host, Sandra Peoples. To us, self-care isn't a luxury, it's a necessity. We want to take better care of ourselves so we're able to care for our loved ones who rely on us. This is episode nine, and I have a special guest on the podcast today. It's my husband, Lee. It's the first Monday of February, if you're listening in real time, so I'm covering topics this month that have to do with marriage. Today, we're talking about the division of labor in our house. So essentially, who does what? I have a long list we're going to go through and say whether it's my job, his job, our son David's job, or if we pay someone else to do it. Then we'll talk about how to have a conversation with your spouse when you feel overwhelmed by how much you're doing. Before we jump in, in case you don't know us well, I'll tell you a little bit more about us. We met when we both taught at the same Christian school in Raleigh, North Carolina. I had moved there to attend seminary, and Lee had grown up in Raleigh. We had our first date in November, got engaged the next February, and were married in July of 2003. He is now the pastor of our church in the suburbs of Houston, Texas. We have two boys, David, who is 14, and James, who is 12. James has level 3 autism, so we are his caregivers. He relies on us for a lot and will for our entire lives, so the division of labor discussion includes household chores, but also tasks we help James with. It was a little hard to know how to organize what we're going to talk about today and what to put on it, so we decided to break down a normal day and then hit the weekly task. We aren't trying to compete with each other to see who does the most, and we aren't saying that the division of labor at your house should look just like the division of labor at our house. The goal is to have a fun conversation ourselves about the patterns we've just naturally fallen into based on our likes and skills, and for you to see how other couples manage the household workload. I think it's fun to see how other people get stuff done. Also, a big part of why this all works for us is a result of our personality types. If you're into the Enneagram, I'll let you know that I am a one and Lee is a three. They say no other number combo gets more done than a one and a three. We are naturally really driven and organized, and we grew up in homes that were super clean and organized. Plus, we have people over a lot. Like right now, I'm hosting a weekly Bible study, and just last night, we had people over for the Super Bowl. So we'll keep it clean for guests. What works for us may be totally different from how it works for you, but hopefully it will be fun to hear what works for us. So let's jump in together. I mentioned in episode seven, where I talked about the ideal week that Lee gets up early and then around 645 comes into our room to get James. Well, we really don't know what time he wakes up. Right. It can be anywhere from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Right. But I have kind of always been the early riser with James. Um, When he was little, I would get up a lot. And so he kind of grew up knowing me as the breakfast guy and so even when I would try to sleep in every so often he would still want me and so I've just fallen into the pattern of always getting up early with him and so I uh, come in get him up we go on and get our bath and give him his bath and then help him pick out his clothes for the day get the clothes out uh, help him get dressed and then I'm on breakfast detail from there. So the goldfish, the cheese it mix, yeah. the apple juice, it yeah. starts pouring and raining down uh, out of the boxes and out, uh, you know, kind of meeting all the needs and demands he's got. Right, yeah. 
His breakfast is not really a traditional breakfast. It's just no. whatever he... we got some Pop-Tarts in there every <laughs> once in a while, too. That's true. So then at 7, I get up, and I make James's lunch on the days that he needs lunch. And then I get his bag ready. There's a mental checklist that I go through, depending on what day it is, to make sure he has what he needs. So normally, the night before... Lee and I talk about what we have going on the next day and who can take James to therapy or who can take David to school or who's going to wait for the bus. Um, so on school only days, which we've only been in this routine for like a week yeah. because it changed. Um, but you generally take David to school and I generally wait for James to get on the bus. And then since the church is closed, close you come home and go to the office and then I get in my little office here at the house and we both get to work since the church is close to our house sometimes you come home for lunch mm -hmm. like you did today right. even so yeah. we could hang out together but normally I don't cook anything special for lunch you just have leftovers or we have hot dogs or sandwiches or yeah. just anything so there's right. no task really to do at lunchtime in the afternoons i pick james up from therapy and pick up david from school or pick them both up if it's one of those days that they're both at school unless i have something going on yeah and then i usually jump in yeah and that's or, the good part of i guess being a pastor is there's times yeah. i can stop and come back to work since school and school and the house are close right yeah and then if neither one of us can do it then grandma steps in right. which is super helpful um if it's a normal day, if you're still at the office and I'm picking up the boys, the boys and I are normally home around 4.15 and you are normally home between 4.30 and 5. It's pretty routine. Yeah, that is yeah. pretty routine. Okay, so most nights I cook dinner unless we're grilling something and then you do the grilling part. James really likes cheeseburgers. So either on the weekends or one night, sometimes I'll say, can you just cook like six cheeseburgers right. <laughs> so I can feed him cheeseburgers every night. Uh, because you're a pastor, as we mentioned, you often have meetings in the evenings and you don't eat until you get home. So on those nights, David helps me clean up after dinner. But when you're home, you clean up after dinner, wash the dishes, load the dishwasher. Yes. And then David unloads the clean dishes. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you guys kind of tag team on <clears throat> that. Tag team the dishes. Yep. And then after dinner... Uh, I do James's evening bath, getting ready for bed. And since you do the morning shift, um, no matter how early he gets up, you're normally the early morning guy. So I stay up with him until he falls asleep at night, which thankfully lately hasn't been too late. Yeah, but I think that's always been in our marriage is I'm more of the morning person. You're more of the night person anyway. So we kind of think in that division of labor, just kind of fell into that pattern naturally yeah you know, yeah usually after nine o'clock i can fall asleep <laughs> no time at all right and then you can read a book until two or three a.m. Uh, yeah so. yeah i can't do that like i used to <laughs> <laughs> i read till 1 a.m last week and the next day i was dragging it was i can't, i'm 40 now i can't do that so that's kind of the normal day and how things break down so we're gonna look now at just the other tasks so i'm kind of gonna go um thing by thing. And we'll talk about what you do and what I do and what David does. So as I mentioned, I cook and you do the dishes on most days, but here's kind of how the rest of the kitchen stuff breaks down. I do meal planning on Sunday nights and I order the groceries from shipped. And so we get those delivered. It really kind of ends up saving us money because um, there's none of those like, I see this and I want this kind of buys. Um, so there's a link in the show notes if you're interested in checking out Shipped. 
Once the groceries come home and David's home, he puts them away. Normally, though, if I forget something, you're the one Go to the grocery store guy. The go to the grocery store guy, for sure. Um, And every Saturday morning, you and James go to the grocery store. Yes, that's part of our routine. And so we do a grocery store every Saturday morning, usually before 8, before the crowds get there. And we specifically shop on Saturday mornings for what James likes to eat. Uh And that also gives us a chance to work on... Uh, him taking things off shelves, putting them in the carts, you know, helping to load the bags in the truck. And so that's kind of our, our routine on Saturdays. But that's mainly just things he'll eat during the week. Yeah. And a few other little household things if we need that. Yeah, for sure. I give him a list of two or three things we need for the weekend. But most of it is James's goldfish, cheese it mix, lemonade, muffins, carb heavy. We have a routine. <laughs> yeah, carb heavy stuff. We're well known on Saturday mornings. You are. So normally if we're still we're still talking about the kitchen stuff. So I clean out the fridge and throw stuff out of the freezer when it's been in there too long. Uh, we both wipe down counters when we need to, but you are the primary floor sweeper because um, you also do the vacuuming in the living room and the TV room. David takes out the trash most of the time, um, but you and I do it when we need to or if he's not around. I've always liked to vacuum and do the floors. I think we've we've always done it kind of that way. Yeah. Even before we had kids. Well, and part of that is because when we got married, we had a golden retriever. Yeah. And we have a dog now. Right. And I am not a dog person. And the person who has to clean the floors has to deal <laughs> with a lot of dog hair. And so I am happy to let you do that because I don't want to deal with dog hair. Well, I was just thinking I like to do it because I don't have to think while I'm doing it. Yeah. It's just one of those tasks you don't have to think as you're vacuuming. That's so. true. It's relaxing. It is. Okay. So I do the laundry. David, our 14-year-old son, folds and hangs up his and James's clothes. And that's actually been pretty helpful as David has gotten bigger because there's some things <laughs> like you and David share t-shirts now. Right. And so... It's better for him to help me because he knows what's his and what's yours. And he just leaves mine and yours on the bed. Um, you do because you have, I mean, this is a safe place to talk about this. <laughs> so let's just say that maybe you have a sock addiction. I do. You do. And so because of that, I leave your socks in a pile and I let you match them and put them away. Yes. Yes. And I... I may over or under have close to about 80 pairs <laughs> Yeah. when I counted the other day. But yeah. I rotate. I rotate. You do. But you I, do. yes, I, I match them up. Uh-huh. And you sometimes wear more than one pair of socks in a day. Depends on the outfits. Right. Right. <laughs> so that's your part. So I do most I do most of our laundry, but I do leave the socks to you, which I think is a fair that's very thing fair. to do. That's very fair. <laughs> but a lot of people buy them for me. So that's, they do. A lot of church members have helped in that addiction. Yes, yes. They are... Giving. They are. Enabling, I think, is the better <laughs> word. So you do the ironing on Sunday mornings. Um, even if I have something that needs ironed or the boys have something that needs ironed, you usually do that. Partly just because you're up the earliest and so you have more time to do that. Um, when the boys outgrow their clothes, I handle shopping and ordering for them. And even though we live in Houston, there's not a whole lot of seasonal changeover of clothes. But when there is, I usually do that. Find the bins of coats and long sleeve hand-me-downs when we need them. And then I wash sheets and towels and make the beds and hang the towels back up. We're one of those households 
that only has essentially one set of sheets for every bed and one set of towels for every person. So I'm not rotating those out. I'm taking them out of the dryer and then just putting them back on the beds or on the hooks. I am not, we don't have like a kind of cabinet where, I mean, we have guest towels, but to make things easier on me, we're not rotating those out. So they come out of the dryer and they go right back on the beds. So speaking of bathroom kind of stuff, we have two bathrooms at our house. So you and David share one and James and I share one. So mostly you clean your bathroom and I clean my bathroom. Yes. And since mine is the guest bathroom, we make sure ours is clean a lot. Yes, you do. <laughs> you do have to often, probably more often than um, even James and I clean our bathroom. Like we had people over last week and I was, they hadn't been here before. And so I said, okay, y'all use this bathroom. <laughs> and if you go down the hall to this bathroom, then you also have to pick up the laundry off the floor and throw it in the washing machine for me. So, but you do really help me clean our bathroom. If I, like if we're having people over and I have to do a lot of cooking, um, you normally clean my bathroom too, mine and James's. So that's super helpful. Uh, on the weekends is when we do most of our house cleaning. We're both home and David is generally home. So as we mentioned earlier, you do the floors, the vacuuming in the, uh, we have some like laminate wood floors and we have some carpeted floors. So you're vacuuming, cleaning floors, doing all that. Uh, James picks up his toys and David helps with that when he needs to, when there's a lot. We both do the dusting, I would say, just kind of depending on who notices when it needs to get done. Yeah, because neither one of us like to dust. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not fun. No, <laughs> no. And so we just both kind of run a rag over things <clears throat> when it needs to be done. So David vacuums. I call it like a playroom, but he's 14. So it's more just like the Xbox room. Mm -hmm. He's not really playing gaming room his game, yeah that makes us sound fancy um so he vacuums his xbox room and his room and that's where the dog sleeps so that there's a lot of dog hair in his room david also cleans out the cars each weekend and um we have to take our trash to the dumpster and so david does that like he has to put it in a wheelbarrow and walk it through the parking lot and do that you wash the cars Yes. And you take care of most of the maintenance, the oil changes, the tires. You, I often say, oh, by the way, I have, I don't have enough gas to get James to therapy tomorrow. And so you also fill up the gas pretty often. Mm -hmm. All right. Since we live on our church property, there are guys who come and mow the yard and take care of all of that part of things. So they do all the trimming, the weed eating all that kind of stuff. So that's something that neither one of us have to do and that we pay to do. Um, when we have a garden, which we're about to start planting, we normally plant in the spring. Uh, you help me get the plot ready. We normally take a pretty day mm -hmm. and get all that done. And then I do the planting, the watering, and the picking. James helps me with that most of the time. And then we have six or seven house plants that I keep alive. That you don't really mess with. No. No. <laughs> I don't do plants. No. But you do work in the garage and the shed on organizing that when you have time. And you're our family tech guy. Like we had to set up a DVD player last week and you handle that. Except there are some things now that David knows how to do. <laughs> oh, now we need David to do <laughs> tech stuff. So David is more tech, uh, getting to be more the tech guy. Yeah. And then you and David handle 
all the dog stuff. When you're home. Yeah. When I'm home, I do let him out. Right. Well, going to get him his nails cut and a bath and those. I right. do the, all the pet smart appointments. Yeah. And you feed him. And vet him points. Yeah. yeah. Feed him and, you know, get him water and all that. Yeah. Walk him. That's good. All right. Are we forgetting anything? That's a lot. It I is a you, lot. I think you've covered everything. I know. I tried to. And I tried to kind of be honest about the couple of things that we get help with, like the groceries yeah. and the yard work. Right. Because we have a really big yard. Like, if you had to mow it... we Well, we have a lot of areas that would need weed eating because yeah. we have a lot of fence and trees. and Yeah. So, as, as I've said, I miss mowing, but I would not want to do all the weed eating. So, I'm glad. And being where we are in the summer, you have to mow every week. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, in Houston, so we almost mow year-round. We almost mow year-round. So, in the winter, it's only once a month you mow, but summer, it's every week. Yeah, for sure. So, it would be a lot. So let's shift the conversation now that we've covered all of the things that you and I do. And let's have what's hopefully a helpful conversation with our listeners about the division of labor at their houses if they feel like it's not fair. Um, I think a lot of this is expectations. I mean, I think most disagreements in marriages come down (laughs) to expectations. I expect you to do something that you don't do or you expect me to do it. And sometimes that's a lack of communication. There have been times that we, I mean, these are kind of what we have fallen into now, but things have shifted. Oh, you pay the bills. That's a big household Yeah, I do all the bill pay money management. Yeah, but when we were first married, I did that. You did that. And then really it was pregnancy that changed some of those things. Even dishes. I used to cook and do dishes, but then when I (laughs) was pregnant, I uh, got so sick all the time that I really wasn't cooking or anything. And so you started doing more of the dishes in that season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that worked for us. So we kept at it. So if we hit a rough patch again or something happened and you didn't think what you did was fair or I didn't think what I did was fair, how would we advise couples on how to have that conversation? Um, I think one thing... That we also have to mention, and I'm not saying this to like puff myself up at all, but there are times we go over this with other couples, or I'll mention this in church, like I do the laundry, or I do the ironing and vacuuming, and then I'll get from other husbands, like, don't ever say that again. Like, like I get other husbands in trouble for some of the things I do, you know, and so I try to, I've always looked at it as a way that I can... I can serve and and love you, you know, as Ephesians 5.25 says, you know, as Christ loves the church, uh, this is the way we love our wives. And so I've always taken it as a as a service, you know, role within our family and, and to you. Uh, and I just think also just you work just as hard as any of us. So it's, it's a fair thing to kind of share that. So I, I think one thing that we do well that I try to encourage couples on is just talking through the schedules. Uh, being open uh, about how you're feeling on those. Um, I think the more you're organized in your daily schedules as, okay, I've got this meeting or I've, you've got this appointment, that helps us a lot. You know, when we kind of have our, our calendar meetings, uh, because then, then that gives an opportunity in the conversation, I think, to share if one feels more burden or not. When you're kind of going over the overall general schedule, right. that way you're not kind of coming to that person and just saying, hey, I I feel like I'm doing too much. You know, you can kind of weave that in the overall, 
here's the weekly schedule and you know I got to run the kids to the ball game and I got to do this and this what have you got all right can you help me with that type right thing. yeah and there have been seasons for us like when I have a book deadline or something that I have to say look I am writing I have to write well into the evening and so I need you to take care of dinner um and dishes and bedtime like right. we've had seasons like that where you've had to cover some of the things I normally do just because it was such a busy season. Um, and that really came down to us just talking about it and making it happen. Um, and if you have teenagers, just put them to work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but there is, you know, within, with the two boys, there's a little bit of an unfair division of labor because yeah. James has to do only what he can do, which is very little. And David right. has to make up for that. And I grew up in a household where I did way more than my sister Sybil, who has Down syndrome, way more than she did. Um, and so we have to talk even with David about everybody helps in the family and everybody does what they can do, even if the levels yeah. aren't matched. Right. Yeah. Everybody can help in their own way. Right. Yeah. Like James helps me move the laundry from the washer to the dryer, which isn't as big of a deal as what David does with hanging and folding, but it is still the way that James can contribute. So I think that's helpful. And then even with David, like if you're getting your kids on board, I mean, if you've got a lot of kids, you may have a system of chore charts and all that because we essentially just have David who's doing that. We've never, I mean, he has chores he's expected to do. He gets an allowance for doing them. But the other day I was telling him, just what a great job he does and how he's going to be a great dad and husband someday because he does so well taking care of us and our family and serving us. And that seemed to be a really good motivator. Like, I think he really was kind of proud of mm -hmm. how he serves us. Um, so that was pretty sweet just to not feel like I was nagging him, but just setting him up in a way that he would have ownership over what he does. When I think in the conversation in the marriage, it it has to be like where one side's not feeling like you're getting nagged on. Right. You know, because both are working or both are stressed. And so that's why I was trying to say in the overall, to just talk of what's going on, it's easier to have those division of labor conversations in there. Yeah, when you're not stressed. Right. So we normally do that on Sunday nights when I do the menu plan. I normally say uh, we keep a shared Google Calendar and I look at it and I say are all your meetings up to date and all are they all on the calendar and you say yes or no you know like oh I have this let me add this then that helps me menu plan and then that's where we talk about what we have going, what's on. going on for the week yeah. yeah who's taking the boys where like David's about to get into a new theater season and so that changes our weekend routine and who does what and is in the car with them and all that. So that's good. All right. I did want to say that um, there's a book that I read a few years ago with my, I had taught a ladies Sunday school class that I think really would be helpful if there are wives who are struggling in this area. Um, the old title was Sacred Influence by Gary Thomas, but he has an updated version called Loving Him Well. Uh, it has encouragement for how to live <laughs> with challenging husbands and how to encourage and support change in them without being manipulative or nagging. Uh, so I'll put a link in the show notes so the listeners can find that. So 
Thanks for being on the show with me today, dear. Well, thank you for letting me come on your show. <laughs> it's a privilege and an honor. Yeah. When I asked him if he wanted to join me, he did do a little happy dance. <laughs> and then you told me what you were going to have me say. Uh-huh. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. Yeah, yeah. And then I laid down the rules. <laughs> so, normally, throughout the week, um, the podcast goes up on Monday mornings, and then throughout the week on Instagram, I share more how these things play out. Uh, so you'll get to star in a lot of my Instagram posts this week. That should be fun. <laughs> I'll take pictures of you doing dishes. I'm going to have to review the show notes. Yeah, yeah, you <laughs> may have to. So we end each episode in prayer. So I'm going to um, invite you to join me to do that now. God, thank you for the homes you have provided for us and the family members we get to care for through the practical ways we can serve each other. Help us not to focus on who does more at the end of each day, but to strive to outlove and outserve each other when we can, and to be gracious with each other when we can't. We follow your son's example of service, who cooked food, washed feet, and even gave his life on the cross out of love and service to us. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to episode 9. If you haven't signed up for my marriage prayer series yet, you still can. Visit bit.ly slash pray for my marriage, and that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash pray for my marriage, all lowercase. Visit that website today and join me in praying for your marriage through February 14th. The link is also in the show notes on my site, sandrapeoples.com slash the podcast. This podcast hit its 1,000th download about a week 10 days ago that was pretty exciting i'm so thankful that you take time to listen each week can you also take an extra minute to hit that five star rating and leave a review it would be super helpful so even more special needs parents and caretakers like us can help find encouragement as we make things easier at home and focus on routines that make taking care of our homes and our loved ones even easier Thanks again for listening, and I'll meet you back here next week for episode 10.